Isaiah 53. Let's read these verses again tonight. We talked this morning about the perfect exchange. And, to, and, and I mentioned some uh, things that he has exchanged for us. And one of them that I want to talk about tonight, just specifically on this one, is his, he exchanged his punishment for our forgiveness. But look what Isaiah 53 verse 3 says. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And then here we see the gospel in the Old Testament in verse 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, as we talked this morning about him carrying our sins on him. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And I want you to really see this part here. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Father, we thank you for these powerful verses. We thank you for a Sunday night service, God, that we can come back and get something from you tonight, God, to take into this week. We thank you for the praise and the worship. We pray that it was good and it was acceptable to you, Father. And we ask you just to arrest our minds for just a few minutes tonight so that we can be changed and transformed by this word. Get revelation, get life, Lord. Let it not be just another message, but let it be something that would, we would remember and say, that night changed my life. And Satan, we serve you notice that you're defeated, that you are under our feet tonight because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And we thank you for this church, and we thank you for this word tonight, and we thank you for the fruit that's going to come out of it, like Mikey tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. If you look at five again, it says, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. That means that the cost of the peace that we can have tonight had to be placed on Jesus. How many know peace, P-E-A-C-E, is a powerful thing? Have you ever not had peace? It's, having no peace is no fun. Amen. You can, you, we talked about that this morning. You could have everything going good around you, materially, physically even, but mentally you could be lacking peace and it would be a horrible thing. And, and I would think today, if you were to really think about it, as you think of the word peace and how important it is, I, I believe rich people would trade in all the riches in the world to have peace. But we know, as we said this morning, that, that the world is looking for a, a way to fill the void and many times that, that what the, 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 the peace of a person's life is what they're really lacking. They're lacking that, that availability to sleep at night. And, and, I, and I've, I, I've used this before, and, but there's always new people in here. And, you know, everybody, everybody has their own stories that they remember. Amen. And uh, there was a famous athlete who had lots of money, lots of money, lots of riches, lots of fame. Everything the world could ever want. And he gave his testimony about how he, 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 he bought a, a brand new car and drove off the parking lot, spent $250,000 cash on a car trying to find joy and fulfillment and got to the edge of the parking lot and his hunks, heart sunk and realized this didn't make me happy. 
And then he went on to say that he had a, you know, a very, very nice, you can imagine what money can buy of a bed and dresser set and bedroom set and all this nice stuff in his bedroom. Probably the most expensive, most comfortable bed you could possibly own because money was no object. And he said, I could, could not sleep at night. I had no peace. So think about that tonight. There's, there's peace is something that money cannot buy. And, and I, I know that we are all guilty of this because nobody in here tonight would say, well, I think I've got too much money. Everybody always would like to have more money or more things. But why don't we learn from those people who've had lots of money and will tell you that it's not going to bring you peace. The only thing that can bring us peace tonight is Jesus. Amen. It's the only thing that can bring true peace to us is a relationship with God. But that peace had a cost. And that's what we see in Isaiah 53 it says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. We heard this morning, 2 Peter 1, 3 said his divine power has given to us all things. So tonight, as we go into Monday, tomorrow to start a new week, everything you need, everything I need, everything I'm searching for, everything I'm lacking, everything I'm going to need this week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, physical, mental, spiritual, financial, the, the Bible says I have in Jesus. I already have it. Amen. I've, I'm a, it's available to me. And, and we need, we've, got to, we've got to get this understanding in our spirits that that's the truth. We've got to believe that, that there, if I told you tonight that there was a, an account with your name on it, and this week, any bill you needed to pay, anything you needed to buy, anything you needed to take care of, you could go to that account and you could withdraw money, and there was no limit on it. How many know that would give you peace tonight? Hey man, that might get some people to sleep pretty good. If you knew you could wake up in the morning and you could go to an ATM and pull out all the money you needed. And I'm not even talking about lavish or, or even going out to buy something you don't need. Just taking care of stuff. How many could go pay off some bills, get out of debt, buy your house, do all kinds of things, get some credit cards paid off. You, you would sleep good tonight. But why is it that we know if we knew that we'd sleep good, but we have something better than that. The Bible says right here that all things that pertain to life have been given to us. Sometimes we need to read one verse over and over again and get it in our minds and our spirits. Let me read this to you again and, and really think about what this verse is saying. His divine power. Okay, I'm going to do it slow. His divine power. What power? The power that defeated the enemy on the cross. Amen. The power that exchanged our future for a new future. That power that the, the Bible says if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. He says that power is that his, his divine has given us, meaning it's already ours, to all things that pertain to life. All things means all things. That means physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, every, emotionally, everything I need tonight, I have in Jesus. So we have a spiritual bank account tonight that we can go and tap into at any moment, at any time, and we can lay hold and claim that victory because he's already paid the price for it. Can you say amen? How many believe that tonight? We've got to get that from here to here. And we've got to begin to apply it. His punishment. So write this down tonight. This is the message. It's going off of this morning, the perfect exchange. But his punishment 
for my peace. His punishment for my peace and my forgiveness. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, watch this, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so tonight you have peace. Now, when you don't have peace, it's because you're not activating the peace that is there for you. You're not thinking on the peace that is there for you. You're not accessing the peace that is there for you. We don't have to, we don't have to search for peace. Peace is there. We have to ask for it. We have to think on it. We have to access it tonight. And he says that we have been justified by faith, meaning if I believe this Bible, and if I believe these words, then through God, our Lord Jesus Christ, I have peace. It doesn't say I'll get peace or I can have peace. It says I have peace. Now one of the reasons or the reason, let me change that, the reason people do not have peace is because they don't have forgiveness. Think about that for a second. What's the true reason a person in the world that does not know Jesus does not have peace? Because they do not have Jesus. And if they do not have Jesus, they do not have forgiveness. And if they do not have forgiveness, they cannot have peace. If you do not have an understanding that Jesus paid your price of your sin on the cross, and you don't understand that he's forgiven you of your sins, you will not sleep with peace at night. But on the other hand, if you believe that Jesus paid the price for your sins and you believe by faith that you've been justified of your sins, you will go to sleep tonight and you will know that it doesn't matter what's in or not in your bank account, what's in or not in your body, what's coming behind ahead or coming from behind. You know tonight that you can sleep with peace because Jesus Christ has forgiven you of your sins and everything else doesn't matter. It does not matter. Amen. You got to get to a place where you live above the circumstances of your life because Jesus already defeated the thing you're facing. And you can sleep at night with peace. You can lay down. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have an attack. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have the devil fight your peace. But it means that you don't have to go to sleep at night and stay out of peace. You can get to your bed and you can lay down and you can say, devil, I will not allow you to have me sleep without peace tonight because Jesus has forgiven me. I'm a child of God. I've been bought with a price. My name's in the Lamb's book of life and you are not going to steal my peace tonight. And then you close your eyes and go to sleep. Amen. And when that enemy comes, you lift up a standard in prayer. And you know that God will lift up a standard against that tonight. Amen. Look at Colossians, will you? Real quick. Chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I want to show you a powerful verse about this tonight. In Colossians chapter 1, 19 to 22. Give me a shout when you give there an amen. And I'll know to move on. For it pleased the Father, verse 19, that in him all the fullness should dwell. And by him, to reconcile all things to himself by him, watch this, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of Jesus. Having made peace through the blood 
of Jesus, of his cross. Amen? The cross means peace. Amen? The cross gives us peace tonight. Are you looking at verse 20? Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace. This does not say he's able to make. He has made. He's already made it. Peace is ours. It's there. Go back again in your mind tonight of the bank account. It's there. Anybody ever told you the deposit was made? Right? You needed some money or your check you needed to get paid. And you know that now we live in a day where there's direct deposit. Amen. And and at midnight, amen, at midnight that thing's coming through. And you know the next morning you're going to be able to pay some bills. Amen. When I was in Costa Rica, we'd get paid once a month from the home church. They'd send us that missions support. And Carla and I, many times that last week, that last week was a long week. Waiting for that money to come through. Amen. On that day, waiting for that deposit to come in. But see, that deposit is going to come. And once it's there, you know you can access it. We're not, we're not waiting for peace tonight. We're not waiting for Jesus to die on the cross tonight. We're not waiting for him to shed his blood. He already shed his blood. He already died on the cross. He already rose from the dead. The deposit's already been made, and it's there. I just have to go access it. I just got to go access it and say, there's my peace. I, I take my peace, Lord, that you suffered for me. You were punished for me. I don't have to be punished. See, the devil wants you to be punished. The devil wants to punish you. He wants you to not have good sleep. He wants you to worry. He wants you to fret. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to have anxiety. He wants you to have all these things. And you need to remind the devil, devil, Jesus took that on his body for me. I don't have to take it on me. I don't have to be stressed. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to lack peace. Jesus took that on him. He was punished for my peace and my forgiveness. And then verse 21 says, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. Watch this. To present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Oh, that ought to make you excited tonight. That ought to give you peace right there. Let me read that again. And you who were once alienated, when were we alienated? Just like Genesis showed us this morning, until we met Jesus. Not till we became members of a church. Till we met Jesus. Till we put our faith in Jesus. Are you saved? Amen. Are you saved? Amen. I'm saved. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus tonight. I'm saved by my faith in the cross. Amen. I'm not saved by the membership of a church. I'm not saved by carrying a Bible in my hand. I'm not saved because I'm in church on Sunday. I'm saved by the blood. I'm saved by the cross. I'm saved by the work that he did on the cross for me. Amen. I am reconciled to God because I believe in what the word says. Well, I was once alienated. I was an enemy of my, some of us are enemies of our own mind. If you really think about it, you are your worst enemy. I am my worst enemy. We beat ourselves down more than anybody beats us down. And then the devil will be glad to be your partner. He'll he'll join hands with you and beat you down with you. But we don't need to live like that because we're not alienated anymore. We're not enemies of God anymore. 
We, are, we don't have wicked mind works anymore. We are now reconciled in the body of his flesh through his death to present, watch this, you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Hallelujah. That's good words. Isn't the word awesome? Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now let me make a statement to you. You'll never ever, and I will never ever, truly grasp his grace. Can you say amen? Ever. We'll never be able to, in this mind, on this earth, be able to grasp his grace. It's, 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 too hard. it's too hard for us. We can try. But his grace is so amazing. Like the songs, his grace is enough. His grace, amen. God's grace is so amazing and we'll never understand. It's like that song, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon that cross. I'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never be able to really understand what Jesus did for us. Because we don't see us even like Jesus sees us. Amen? And the devil always makes it worse. I want to finish with one thing tonight. I really want to focus on this part of Proverbs chapter 4. If you'll go there. Proverbs chapter 4. I, I preached last Sunday about the blood of Jesus being the cure for our sin cancer. If you remember that last Sunday, that Jesus' blood is the cure. And we were talking a little bit about diagnosis. When you get sick... When something begins to not function correctly, when you begin to feel a pain somewhere or, 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 or you begin to have a fever or you begin to feel not normal. I mean, everybody knows what that means. Amen. And as you begin to feel that way and you feel like it, it's serious and you need to go to the doctor and something seems to be wrong and you go there and that doctor has to give you a diagnosis. He's got to say, OK, this is. The problem, and if they can't they can't figure out the problem, then they can't figure out a cure. And obviously, that's one of the greatest fears of going to the doctor is that they're not going to know what it is that's wrong with you. And then they start, as we say in Spanish, bateando. They just start guessing and messing around and and testing and poking and trying, doing all that crazy stuff, right? But if they get a diagnosis, they say, "Okay, this is the problem," and medically, this is the answer. From what they've studied, from what they've looked at, what they've learned, what the books tell them, what science tells them. And they say, okay, here's your diagnosis. You got this, and this medicine is going to fix it. Amen? And so they'll give you a what? What do they give you when you leave the doctor's office? Prescription. After the diagnosis, they say, okay, this is what you got. Here's a prescription. Go get the medicine. And listen. I want, I want to show you something here in Proverbs 4. We, we, just like the bank account, there's two thoughts I want you to leave tonight with. That, that bank account with money in it and prescription from the doctor. Those are two things in the natural that if I told you tonight, you would do that without even batting an eye. You would listen to me tonight. You, nobody would leave. I told you tonight, I've got a bank account with your number. Here's the numbers. I write it down. Here's the numbers. Here's the pen. Here's the card. And I tell you tomorrow, go get however much. There's no limit. You can take out as much as you want. You might have to drive around a few ATMs and empty them out. But you can get all the money out that you want. There is not one person in this place tonight that wouldn't go tomorrow morning and sleep good tonight. Amen. And know tomorrow that you are going to get that money out. And, and go do what you need to do. We would all do that. 
With that same mentality, we need to take the word of God. Are you following me? We need to live the word of God like we live what people tell us. That would be the answer to all my problems. Oh, I'd be able to get out of debt. And, I, and, I'd all, and the problem is, is it really wouldn't be the answer to all our problems. Because Jesus wouldn't be involved. Are you following me? So same thing with the doctor. We go to the doctor. Doctor says you got this. And he gives us a prescription. Listen, if you're really sick and you're really hurting, if he tells you to go do 10 cartwheels on the way to the doctor, to the, on the way to Walmart, you'll do 10 cartwheels. If he tells you to ice your ear for five minutes and put heat on your left eye and tells you to do jumping jacks, you'll do it. You will. If you're not feeling good, come on, be real. Everything that doctor tells you to do, you're going to go do because you want to feel better. Yet we have the word of God, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 that says, my son. I love it when it says my son. Of course, you're a woman, you put my daughter in there. It means God's talking to us like children. That family. My child, give attention. Number one, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. I want to break this few scriptures down for a second if you're taking notes. There'll be four things that you'll want to underline or write down in these four verses. Let me go ahead and read it real quick. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And watch what it says in 22. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Y'all see that? Four things you do tonight. I'm the doctor through God's word. And I'm giving you a a prescription for joy. I'm giving you a prescription for peace. I'm giving you a prescription for victory tonight. And I'd like to see you go and follow it like you'd follow a doctor's prescription tonight. He says first, be attentive to my words. Give attention to my words. What? The words of his Bible. The words of the 66 books in this Bible. Every word is God's word. 2 Timothy says every word is inspired by God. Every word is for correction, for reproof, for... for, uh, um, I just got bl- mind blank there. Correction, reproof. Um, somebody shout something out. Construction. Th- not construction. Instruction. Instruction. Amen. Number two. Give, sorry, incline your ear to my sayings. Pay attention. You've got to pay attention to what the medicine says. If you take it wrong, you'll overdose. You know you can't read the doctor's writing. Amen? I was growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor so I could just sign something like they do. Sometimes when I sign something, like I buy something at the store, I sign it like a doctor. I just, I don't even put my other hand on the thing. I just, and sometimes I just spend a while on it. They're not even going to look. You know, I just feel like a doctor sometimes. Incline your ear to my sayings, he says. He's saying, listen, this is medicine. This is life. Pay attention to what I'm saying. How many know when you pay attention, you get what the people are saying? It's important. Number three, do not let them depart from your eyes. That means stay focused on the word. And number four, keep them in the midst of your heart. Guard them. Guard these words. 
What words? All these words were talking about the cross and the blood and forgiveness and peace and joy and all these things that we need. God gives us a prescription in his word. And look, look what it says in 22. They are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. These words are health to our flesh. Health equals medicine. So God gives us a prescription tonight. And, and my challenge to you tonight on this Sunday night is take it home like it's a real prescription for a sore throat or strep throat or a heart condition or whatever else. And follow these words this week just like you'd follow the doctor telling you what to do to get a knee back in place or your heart uh, your heart rate down or your blood pressure back in control or whatever it is your body says. Go and follow those words like that. Live tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and all this week believing that just like that bank account's got money in it, the peace of your life is already paid for through the blood, through the cross, through the work that Jesus has already laid down. Amen. How many know we're going to live a more victorious life if we would do that? That's, again, not to beat a dead horse. That's what we're trying to say when we say don't be religious. That means don't go through the motions. Don't do ABC to comply to God. You need to do it out of your heart, but do it right. Literally believe what his word says. Take him at his word. Smith Wigglesworth was one of the greatest men of our generation for sure since Jesus that I know of through books of being used by God. And he made a simple statement that said God is more eager to answer our prayers than we are to ask. I believe that. This is a man who raised countless people from the dead. He prayed for people that were sick of all kinds. He'd be on the train. He'd be in the, in the, in the car. He'd be at work. He'd be in the store. And he prayed for people and they got sick because he took God at his word. And so when you're battling something tonight, you're battling uh, depression, you're battling anxiety, you're battling financial problems, you're battling marital problems, you're battling whatever you're battling, you need to take God at his word and remember these words in Proverbs. It says, give attention to my words, incline your ears to my saying, don't let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart because they're medicine for your life and health to your flesh. Musicians, you can come tonight. No Jesus, no forgiveness, no peace. Amen? No Jesus, no forgiveness, no peace. Jesus has exchanged. If I gave the microphone to different people tonight, you'd say, listen, this is what I'm going through right now. I'm anxious about something. My body hurts. I'm having a marital problem. I'm, I'm, I'm broke. Whatever, you, everybody would say different things that they're facing. Some would say ABC, all these things you're facing. We need, to, we need to counter those things with the blood. You don't have to keep on allowing the devil to place those things on you. You don't have to keep on walking in that. There's going to be times, there's little battles we go through, but God wants us to get through that. He doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want us to stay in depression. He doesn't want us to stay bound by anything. He wants us to be set free tonight. And I can only tell you so much. You have to connect. Jesus always said in the Bible, your faith has made you whole. I believe with you. I agree with you. 
I'm, I'm going to believe tonight for a healing. I'm going to believe tonight for deliverance. I'm going to believe tonight for a breakthrough for you. In your own life, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, but you have to believe. And I want you to, I'm, 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 I got to say it again, I want you to believe like you'd believe. Why do we believe a doctor? Why do we do exactly what the doctor says? Come on, think about it. Because they're studied and because they're doctors and because you're desperate. I mean, if you were having some serious, serious stomach pains tonight and you went to the emergency room and they said, you need to take this and if you take this, you'll be good by the morning. But you need to follow these instructions. Not too many people would just walk away and say, nah, I don't believe you. If you were desperate enough, you'd try it. And you'd be like, okay, it said, get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, take an ounce. Okay, at 5 o'clock, take two ounces. You'd do it just like it says. Why don't we look at the word like that? If Jesus said that he has taken our peace on him, why don't we just believe that? If he says that he has taken his punishment on his body for our forgiveness, why don't we just believe that? Maybe tonight you need to forgive somebody. That'll keep you from sleeping. This world's never going to be happy or peaceful until they get right with God. That's why when somebody walks out of God's will and goes into darkness, you know, Mike was saying in his testimony, I don't, we obviously don't know anything about what, you know, what kind of background spiritually he had but he did mention he didn't want to go to church so if he didn't want to go to church it might have meant he had been in church but at what point do we drop the gloves and let the devil take us out it's a dangerous thing we have to keep fighting and we have to take him at his word tonight and don't allow the devil to take us around the block amen he's defeated And we need to stand upon his word tonight. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. The written word, the powerful word, the word of God. Lord, I know that your word is yes and amen tonight. I know that your word is true. And Lord, I'm going to take, I'm speaking to myself. I'm going to take your word as is. I'm going to take your word as peace and life and health to my bones tonight, Jesus. Lord, I'm going to be attentive to what you say to me. I'm going to listen to what you say, Father God. I'm going to stand upon your word, Father. I'm going to give attention, close attention to exactly what your word says. I'm going to keep my ear listening to the voice of your Holy Spirit. I'm not going to let these words depart from my eyes. I'm going to stay on them. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Jesus.